What's up, everybody? Welcome to That's Entertaining, your weekly podcast about all things entertaining. Movies, TV, video games, comics, everything. Everything that's fun. I'm Justin Pickard, and of course, joining me is the rogue agent himself, Nathan Thomas. Rogue agent. Man, I guess I can be rogue. Rogue's fun, right? Yeah, absolutely. Rogue Squadron was the best squadron in Star Wars, right? Yeah. And uh, <laughs> Rogue Legacy was a really great video game that came out last year. So There you go. It all works, right? Yeah. You know, speaking of last year, we're in 2015 now. So last year's all dead and gone. But now that we're in 2015, I have to ask, where is my hoverboard? Come on. <laughs> Back to the Future said in 2015, we're going to have hoverboards. We're going to have flying cars. We're going to have all kinds of crazy cool stuff. But it's not here yet. You never know. Where is it? This holdout, we've got 12 months. I'm thinking, um, by the good graces of God, I think we'll have a hoverboard by the end of the year. <laughs> well, you know, technically we already have one that it doesn't really work. It, it it hovers like maybe an inch or two off the ground at most. I saw a video of that, but yeah, and, and we if have... we don't have one by October 25th, which is when they came to the future. <laughs> I tell you, that's uh, that's a few months out. We we still have a good chance. Don't worry. Maybe yeah. we'll get sucked into a time hole and it'll just work out that way. <laughs> one can only hope. Yeah. Well, what have you been up to lately? Well, speaking of back in time, I went back in time. So I, on New Year's Day, while everybody's thinking of the future, think of a new year, what do I do? I I retire to my office with my buddy, and we decide to hook up the Nintendo 64 and the original Xbox. So I have been playing a little bit of, I, I know it's not technically retro, like NES is retro. S and NES is considered retro now. N64, I think it might be in that range, but I don't know if it's official retro. But I'll call it retro, because playing a game that was that old, I had to, I didn't even know if my TV would be able to take the Nintendo 64, honestly. Uh, because I had HDMI, had component, just had to make sure I had to have a composite input so I could actually hook that up there. Um, but yeah, we played Rogue Squadron on... Uh, my Nintendo 64, when I when I hooked it up, I didn't know for sure if it was actually going to work or not, because I hooked it up, turned it on, the red light came on, but there was nothing on the screen, so I was like, okay, maybe the input's bad, so I tried a different input, same effect. So it wasn't the input, to say the least, uh, but I was able to turn the Nintendo off and on, and on the last time, I was, I'll, I'll just turn it off and on one more time, right? And it actually displayed something on the screen. I was like, oh, man, this is great. <laughs> so it, it's so cool just to go back and play, you know, the old games to see where we were, um, you know, about how many years ago was that now? I can't remember. But back, you know, two generations ago on the Nintendo 64 or three generations now. Mm-hmm. It's three, right? Yeah. Three generations, man, uh, on the Nintendo. And then we progressed to the Xbox. Saw how things got a little bit better there. And then we went to the uh, 360 and the PS3. We finally made it out to my main room, uh, and we played a little bit of uh, Wii U uh, with uh, Mario Kart and uh, Smash Brothers on Wii U. But, man, I, I had a little travel through gaming time. It was a fun time, I tell you. Yeah, that's always but, a lot of fun, uh, getting those yeah. old games out. You know, I wish I had a couple other games that I, you know for the Nintendo 64 that I didn't have. Uh, Star Fox 64, 
um, and also just the original Super Mario. Uh, was it Mario sixty four or Mario World sixty four? I can't it was, remember. It was Mario sixty four, and that was the. Yeah, I think it was like the the original like good three D game. Yeah, we. I wish I wish I would have had for sure Star Fox because I loved Star Fox, um, but I didn't have it. Uh, but you know, it was a fun time. It was a nice little trip back through memory lane. Honestly, uh, it kind of took us back when we, my buddy and I, first met. It was Nintendo 64 days. I mean, the first game I remember us actually playing together was Super Smash Brothers on Nintendo mm-hmm. 64. So it was a good, it was a good re- uh, trip down memory lane, if you would. Yeah, yeah. Nintendo 64 came out in 1996. Not to, 96. Not to make us feel older. <laughs> you know, I already feel old. I'm going to be 28 this month. Yeah. And I'm uh. So if it came out in '96, I would have been. Uh, how old was I? Well, let's see. That was 19 years. That would have been nine. Yeah. <laughs> that would have been nine yeah. years old. Isn't that crazy? That is crazy. But yeah, I remember getting the Nintendo 64. Honestly, uh, my brother got it. Um, and I remember on the box it had a picture of the stormtrooper from Shadows of the Empire. So I was so excited because I was uh, a Star Wars fan from you know, as long as I can remember. <laughs> so uh, I saw that on there and I was just excited. There were some other characters and things that were on the box too. But the only thing I ever remember is seeing that stormtrooper on the box um, and just being so excited for Shadows of the Empire when that came out. Um, and obviously a Rogue Squadron. There was a lot of good Star Wars games on the Nintendo 64. Um, when you look at Star Wars Episode One Racer, that came out for it. Uh, Battle for Naboo wasn't as good as Rogue Squadron, but it was still a decent Star Wars game. Uh, obviously, you have Rogue Squadron, which still today, the mechanics were sound. And looking at the graphics for it, even from back then, those those graphics don't look as bad. I mean, if considering that that is uh, from 96, 97, that would have been amazing at that time. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. So, but that was my little trip through Retro World. Uh, have you ever hooked up any? Do you have any old consoles? We we have a SNES uh, downstairs right now. We haven't hooked it up. Uh, I we're working on the basement. That's gonna be. I'm gonna display it and hook it up to the TV down there. But it's not set up yet. And I think I think uh, my fiance's mom has a. Uh, 64 laying around the house somewhere. She claims she doesn't, but I know it's there somewhere. So I'm gonna hunt that baby down one day. But uh, <laughs> yeah, we we hooked up the SNES a couple years ago and had fun. And right now it's just sitting downstairs collecting dust. But well, I it, I do like uh, putting those games in it once in a while, and playing some old Mortal Kombat or uh, Super Mario World. Yeah. Oh, those are the days. I, I do have Perfect Dark and Goldeneye, uh, but I didn't put them in just because I don't want to taint the memory. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it's so good. Yeah, that's weird. Funny thing about Goldeneye, that's that's how my me and my fiance met. Uh, we were playing Goldeneye together in the dorms of a local college here. So, oh, there you go. You know, the good memories there, but yeah, I don't know if I want to uh, spoil that either. You know, I'm so used to always. Uh, new games, you know, it might not seem the same anymore. Yeah. Uh, so that was my little retro experience. Um, but I also did uh, play recently quite a fair amount of Forza Horizon 2 on the Xbox One. 
uh, as I mentioned last week, there was a sale, um, or not a there was an Xbox sale last week, but, uh, in addition to that sale, I also got that new DLC for the Storm Coast. That, let me tell you, that game is my favorite racing game of last year, hands down. Um, my favorite car game in general, but it, it just, it's not quite my game of the year, but it's, it's a close runner up, uh, because it's just so fun to play the, the element of just, you know, beating your times, modifying your cars. You have the drive guitars that are in there. So you're racing against your friend's cars, which is their drive guitars are, um, once a person races, it kind of builds a racing profile as to how you race, like what part of the track you would use, if you would brake, if you would kind of try to go, how you, if you drive clean, if you drive reckless. So it kind of informs the uh, the computer on how you would drive. So it, And it'll pull from people on your friends list, or if you're in a group of people, it'll pull from those people and put them in races with you. It's just so fun. And then there's these little speed traps and... Uh, there's speed traps and speed signs. So a speed trap is where you go like from one point to another and you get an average speed of how fast you were. The other one is to just resume by a camera and as fast as you can, then you just post that speed up there. So, but that's, that's what I've been playing on the Xbox One mostly is uh, some Forza Horizon 2. I've also been uh, peppering in some Defense Grid too. I started playing a little bit of that. That's a fun game. I really liked Defense Grid Awakening back on the 360. Um, and that's a tower defense game. So you build your towers and just try to take out aliens as you go. Uh, it's another fun game. Um, also, I've uh, been playing a little bit of um, that RPG that I just picked up. It's horrible. I can't remember the name of it right now. <laughs> I hope we're not talking about Dragon Age. No, <laughs> no, I don't remember the name of that one. Uh, it's it's the the two D one. Man, I'm I'm horrible. I can't even oh, remember. Oh, Child it. of Light. Is, yeah, sorry. Yeah, Child of Light. Uh, been playing a little bit of that one. Uh, trying to get used to that and play through it a little bit. Uh, that's that's a fun game as well. Yeah, it's a, uh, it's a very interesting, really beautiful game. Yeah, um, and they also have been playing. Um, in addition to those two games, uh, Monaco on the 360. I don't know if you ever heard of that. It's it's like almost like an 8-bit type game where you're like a group of people that are kind of trying to pull off a heist. So it's a multiplayer game. So me and my buddy were playing that. Um, and you, you go in there and you go through these different storylines. So you go to try to go through a few levels, not be spotted, and then escape at, with a with an item. It's pretty fun. It's interesting. Uh, I enjoyed that. Um, and I've also been playing Trials Fusion. It, uh, Trials is so good, though. <laughs> um, I The problem with Trials is I can only play so much, and I have to, when I'm playing uh, a particular track, I don't want to move past it until I get, like, a gold star. Ooh. So wow. I'm always spending a lot of time, like, restarting the entire level. Not and I have to do it with no with no faults, so you can always go back to the last checkpoint. But I want to do it from the entire level. I don't want any faults in my in my record. So, yeah, it it is a tribulation and a trial. I can tell you. Yeah, that. you're one of those people. <laughs> yeah. I I that's I always start out with any game trying to do that, like you know, perfecting it or getting gold stars and the, the 
Mario Kart or something like that. And then it quickly just turns into, eh, whatever just gets me through this game. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, so that's that's what I've been up to on the Xbox and one side of things. Um, but while I'm not home, uh, I usually listen to podcasts. And I found one that is actually pretty good, uh, at your recommendation, I believe, actually, called Serial. Yeah, I, I, I think- love Serial. Yeah, you you told me about this, uh, and so I went ahead and looked it up and started listening to it um, while I was at home, actually. I put the, put it on the speaker and was listening to it, and then my wife started listening to it. So we're both kind of into it. So uh, it's kind of become our thing where I won't listen to it if she's not around, so we'll listen to it and find out you know, who did it, whatever, mm-hmm. uh, just to kind of progress through. And I guess the season is done. Um, I'm maybe 10 episodes in. And I think there's twelve. Yeah. And I think it. I think it's done right now. Yeah, it is. It's finished up. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to that. I'm. I'm trying to avoid googling. <laughs> yeah. Because I'm sure I could Google the whole situation to figure it all out. But uh, that's that's what I've been listening to as far as as far as podcasts and anything when I'm not away uh, or not at home because they're they're about forty minutes or just just under forty yeah, minutes yeah. each. I mean, yeah, that's a good chunk of cha- you know time. It takes to get through one episode, so. Yeah. So, and in addition to that, uh, with the new year brings the transition of uh, the Star Wars license from Dark Horse to Marvel. So, just before the end of the year, Dark Horse had a big sale. You could buy every Star Wars comic that they published for $300. You could have everything that they had, <laughs> uh, and that's digitally. Um so I already had a fair amount done, so I, I looked at the sale because everything then, if you didn't buy that big old pack, was at least 50% off. So there were a few runs that I didn't have. I picked them up, uh, and now I have a, a, a really good selection of Star Wars comics to read uh, on the My Dark Horse app on my phone because uh, I also have Comixology, and I have a lot of stuff on there to read still. Um, Comixology is where I'll get my Marvel and DC comics, uh, and Dark Horse is always where I got like the Mass Effect uh, or the uh, Star Wars comics. But so that sale is over now. Uh, Marvel officially has the license of Star Wars, so they'll be putting out their uh, their take on the universe. So it'll be interesting to see what comes of that. I'm looking forward to see what happens. Uh, but in the meantime, I have a nice backlog that I can look and read through. Awesome. That sounds like uh, a lot of fun. I I really should get in, especially you mentioning that you have all the digital titles on your phone. I guess uh-huh. I could get into reading some comics if I had it on my phone and it was easy access. Uh-huh. I've always thought I, I didn't want to get a book or get into the actual comics themselves. So I, would, I would just never they'd get lost somewhere. But I have them on my phone. I might actually look into that app and Especially with Star, you know, the Star Wars comics. I might look into those. Yeah, it's the year of Star Wars, so. Exactly. I mean, 2015, Star Wars comes out in the theaters this year, so I'm definitely, definitely hyped about that. Awesome. Well. Well, I, uh, I guess we'll move on to what I've been up to lately. 
Okay. So uh, let's talk about the show, um, our show podcast. So I'm I've been thinking a lot lately. Uh, I've, I've we're three episodes in. I'm having lots of fun with the show. I absolutely want to keep charging on. Uh, I think we'll be doing this show for a long time, for years to come. Uh, every week, I feel like I've come out of my shell a little more, so I'm getting happier with that. You know, I don't. I I try not to sound like a robot voice. Robot. <laughs> Danger, Will Robinson. Danger. <laughs> uh, well, at least you can use uh, uh, like that's cool, and I'll be back. Unlike Data, Data can't do any of those. <laughs> yes, of course. And then I also need to make a big apology to any of the probably three listeners we have out there right now. And one of them's me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, one of them's actually, and then one of them's me. So the one guy that's out there listening to this <laughs> podcast, my audio issues are just, you know, they're different every week. My voice sounds different every week. I, pro- I promise you I'm working on it. It's a work in progress, and hopefully the next two weeks, maybe at the most probably, we'll probably have this figured out on my end. I mean, that's where a lot of issues Justin, are. It- it's okay. You you go through changes. It's your your voice changes. It's okay. We understand. I just I don't understand. <laughs> so yeah, I I'm just gonna put that out there. Um, but just everyone expect the show to, to evolve and get better every week, and we're gonna keep having fun with this show, and hopefully down the line we'll build a community, and uh, my voice won't sound so crappy. So. <laughs> On to the fun stuff. Um, on the PlayStation side of things, I've actually been playing Battlefield 4. Uh, I, I'm late to the game, but I just started playing this week. I have that on my Xbox One, and I, I have a, a friend that is that was really into it and played it a lot. Uh, but the online side of things, I just couldn't get into, and I couldn't even bring myself to beat that campaign, even though... I prefer Battlefield to Call of Duty. I don't know what's up with that. Yeah, I so I've been a big Call like day one Call of Duty guy every year, and uh, I've got one of my buddies from work. He's we've got like a little clan group of friends that we usually play together with Call of Duty. Uh, well, I was the first one to upgrade over to PS4, so I kind of like left them behind in the 360. So with because we were all on the Xbox 360 before. Mm-hmm. Well, they last week or the week before they all upgraded to PS4. So, and they actually switched over from Call of Duty to Battlefield. So, I just so not just a console change, a whole game change. Yeah, I I mean, us as a group, we've been playing for Call of Duty for three four years, and it it is I'm a Call of Duty fan. But it's the same thing every year. It, it, you know, we always look at the reviews and it, we go to play it and then you just, okay, Call of Duty, yep, same thing. And I love it, but I think we need to switch it up and they wanted to switch it up. So I've been playing Battlefield 4. Uh, I'm liking it. It's it's a lot different from Call of Duty. And uh, I actually I play some more tonight and ranking up. And... I'm still working on Dragon Age. Um, I will admit I'm slowing down quite a bit, uh, probably because of the battlefield. But 
I'm a little, I was pretty busy in the last week, but I'm still plugging away. It, it, I'm really glad I got it, and I'm glad you got it digitally. I also have it digital because it is, it's one of those games where if I have, I don't know, 30 minutes, 40 minutes, I'll, mm-hmm. I'll do a quest or two because as long as it's not like one of the story quests, the main story, usually you can, you know, get a couple quests done and, uh, rank, you know, maybe get some experience points and move on. And I do like having that option. Mm-hmm. And then we, me and my fiance went to the movies this last weekend and we've seen The Equalizer. Are you familiar with this movie? Denzel Washington movie, right? Yes, which uh, that's actually you just gave the whole description of the movie. <laughs> um, we're me and me and my fiance we're huge Denzel Washington fans. I mean, what's not to like? He's you know he's a badass. That's what you go to see his movies for nowadays. He's got swagger, exactly. Um, and he is a good. He's a very good actor. I don't. He's he's an action. He, he's in a lot of action movies and. But he's not like the typical action uh, actor. He he's he's had serious roles, so we we like him a lot. And um, the weird thing with the Equalizer is, I'm almost surprised it's not like a comic book, because the movie plays out exactly like a comic book uh, story. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, guy sees bad guys picking on someone. He decides to stand up for them because he's got power, and yeah. then he kind of turns into a vigilante. And I'm not gonna spoil the movie or anything. It's I I would highly suggest going out to go see it, especially if you like um, any of Denzel's past movies or or any revenge or uh, vigilante story. It's it is that it's a perfect one. The action scenes are awesome, and uh, it was a good it was a very good movie. Cool. Uh, when you were talking about Denzel Washington movies, I was trying to think of ones that I've seen with him that I I like or are memorable that he did a good job in. Uh, the two that came to mind immediately were John Q. I thought he was really good with John Q. Oh, yeah. Um, I think that was the one about his son, right? His son was in the hospital. Yeah, he uh, his son was in was sick in the hospital, and he decides to hold up the hospital at gunpoint to get yeah to, to try to get his son the treatment. Yeah. Right? Yeah, he, he that was a really good role for him. I mean, it wasn't really the action role probably that he has here or that he had on like Man on Fire or something like that. Yeah. Uh, but that was a really good dramatic role. And the other role, which other it's not really a, an action role either, uh, was he was in Inside Job or the Inside Man. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. That was a good one. He was he he was the cop in that mm-hmm. one, and there were just some really good scenes with him in that movie. Like him, him putting it all together and figuring it all out. Uh, yeah, he's Denzel's a good actor. Uh, he had that movie pilot uh, a couple years ago uh, that I wanted to see. I never saw that either, but I heard that was an interesting movie. Flight, pilot, pilot, or flight. I don't know. <laughs> no, no. It's the one where he's he's a he's an airline pilot. Yeah, yeah. And in the trailer, he flies the plane upside down for some reason. Yeah, that was um that was the movie Flight. Um, and Flight, yeah, okay. I would highly suggest that it's a very serious movie and, um, there's a lot not, that's not in the trailers, um, but it's a, it, that's more of a, um, drama though, you know, more, there's not a lot of action. Yeah. So Denzel, he's, he's awesome. And that was a good movie. 
Cool. And uh, then I've been diving into, you know, I've had a lot of time off in the last week uh, for the holidays, New Year's Eve. So I always have this problem where I just find all this garbage on Netflix and watch it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I love it. <laughs> I don't care if it's garbage or not. Uh, but one thing that's really good is Friends finally came to Netflix on January 1st. And I don't know if you're a fan of Friends. Um, it's, you know, it's a typical sitcom. But for me, it's, it brings up a lot of good memories. We used to watch it together as a family when I was a kid. So I'm, I've been going through that. And, uh, yeah, just watching a crap load of that. And uh, cool. the final thing is uh, finally getting around to building my man cave downstairs. So uh, uh, the man yeah, cave, um, which is why I brought up the TV subject a couple weeks ago, and I'm still looking at TVs. Um, the only thing I'm having trouble with is I I hate painting. It's the worst. Painting is nobody's nobody's favorite thing to do in renovating. I guarantee it. Yeah, I keep putting it off. We bought paint. It's sitting down there, and there's no front. Like, there's nothing down there. There's nothing. I just have to tape up a few walls and just do it, but I hopefully soon I'll get to that. It's uh it's a work in progress. Yeah. And depending on the wall, I mean painting doesn't take a lot of time. Usually it's just it's the whole mindset, right? It, <laughs> it's like I gotta take this thing and roll it up and down this wall about a billion times before it's done. And uh, if you're anything like me, I mean we have walls here because we've been painting some stuff recently too. Uh, and we had to prime the uh, put two coats of primer on it, and then put the paint on, and then paint another coat, and then something didn't quite look right, so we still have to put one more coat on there, or I do have to. I have to put one more coat on there. So, <laughs> yeah, it's it's one of those things that the product afterwards looks good, but the whole process, the whole doing it part, that's just. I don't like it. My wife doesn't like it. We're not painters. We don't like painting. Like, I have no problem doing, like, you know, putting up trim, uh, doing other things, like, you know, putting doors up and things like that. But painting is just blah. It's not my thing. Absolutely. I agree. I, yeah. It probably won't take me that long. They're easy walls. But, yeah, we, we bought this house last year, and the basement is lime green. So that, I mean, we haven't done anything because who wants to be in a lime green room? So I have to paint it before I do anything down there. And then, uh, then was that from the seventies? No, they painted it lime green. No, it was a young, oh. there was a young couple that lived here before us and they, um, they actually had a bar down there. Um, it was really, really nice bar. Were they hipsters? They were, <laughs> they brewed their own <laughs> beer. They had a bar downstairs they had uh, one of the walls down there is uh, a chalk paint wall. Um, oh. I do think they were hipsters. Uh, it's funny you bring that up. I kind of think with with it being a lime green thing, with them having brew their own beer and with the chalk wall and everything, I think they probably definitely kind of fit into the category a little bit. But hey, you got a bar down there. You got already. You got the groundwork laid for brewing your own beer. I think you're well on your way. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, I think so. So, but um. Yeah, so that's been awful. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so New Year's Eve was a couple days ago. Uh, I had 
the day before and the day after off, so that was good. Um, That's nice. Have you ever played Cards Against Humanity? I have not, but I know that there are some people uh, that I work with that that have played it before. Um, I I've heard it's not for everybody, but it would be interesting just to see what it's all about. Yeah, um, it's it's for awful people have, who whose minds go to the most awful things first. But uh, unfortunately, that's me, and. <laughs> Uh, that's, that's pretty much all I did on Heresy. I got together with some friends and played Cards Against Humanity, and I've only played it one other time before, and, um, obviously with the events that go on during a New Year's Eve party, uh, it made the game all that much more fun, so, uh, I would, if you ever have a party or have friends over, I, w- I would suggest picking it up at, I think it's like 25 bucks or something. It is a fun <laughs> game, it's very inappropriate, not for children, but, um... For any adults out there, uh, it's I think it's a fun grab. Interesting. Well, that's it for me. That was my week in a nutshell. Well, that sounds... I mean, painting, man. Uh, doing man cave renovations, that'll take most of your time. No wonder you couldn't get to much Dragon Age, man. I know. I got all, I know, all these darn chores. It's not fair. I tell you, you just got to hire somebody and have them do it. <laughs> Don't tempt me. <laughs> well, how about some news, man? What do you what do you want to talk about on the news side of things? Uh, well, I think there's some fun trailers coming up soon. Um, yeah. Two movies that I think we've talked about already that we're really excited for this this year. Uh, the Avengers, obviously. Um, we've got a trailer coming out on the 12th uh, during the college football championship game on ESPN. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's exciting. Is now? Do you know? Is this gonna be a full length trailer? I sure hope so because the they're hyping it up right now. If it's not another full length trailer, then why are they hyping it? Yeah, that's true. Um, but at this point, I feel like they. I mean, the Star Wars teaser trailer got hyped a lot too. So. Well, uh, but still, the Star Wars teaser trailer was. <laughs> that's true. It deserved the hype. Don't don't get me wrong. Okay. <laughs> um. But yeah, so I am excited to see that more. It's more footage is always a good thing, because um, we're not, you I know, mean, we're not that far off from Avengers. Mm-mm. So does, now Avengers comes out first, and then Ant Man later in the year, right? I believe that's correct. I don't have the release schedule in front of me, but I know that Avengers is either May third, fourth, somewhere around there. Okay. Um, because the Ant Man trailer, I believe, is coming out. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not sure of the date. It's the Agent Carter series that will be premiering on ABC. January six. January six. Yeah. Um. It, well, there's an ant-sized teaser trailer out right now on YouTube. Uh, I don't know how to describe it to you, but it's literally. You go to play the video, and there's a tiny dot in the middle of the screen that's playing the trailer. But it's ant size; you can't see it, so uh, that's uh, bull crap. But uh... so here's here's how you can describe that trailer. Let's say you have your iPhone mounted on a wall, and you have it hooked up to a surround system, and you're sitting 20 feet away. That is what you can see right now on YouTube. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's a good way of describing it. Um, but I'm excited. I'm I'm almost more excited for Ant Man this year, uh, just because I don't know. 
I know, I kind of know what event, I know what to expect from Avengers. I don't know what to expect from Ant-Man, so I'm excited about that. So. So, Ant-Man, I'm excited to see what they do. I'm, my expectations for that aren't super high. They're kind of, I have the same level of expectation for that as I had for Guardians, honestly. Because uh, I know it'll be good, and it'll be, it has good actors in it, but when you say Marvel's movies coming out this year and you have Ant-Man and Avengers and Avengers is Ultron and Ultron is James Spader. It's just, ah, <laughs> I can't wait. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I'm super excited for that. I mean, I, I may be overhyped, honestly, for Avengers too, but, and then later this year, I mean, nothing for me personally will trump Star Wars. No. Yeah. I think, I think we can all agree that's, no matter if you are a Star Wars fan at all, that's the must-see movie this year. If you could only see one movie, it would be Star Wars. And I'm sure that's an excellent choice because I'm very confident in that movie. Yeah. And if I could only see one poster right now, it would be a Star Wars poster. But, you know, Warwick Davis, he's in uh, the Star Wars movie. He had a little bit where he, he made a little... A video where he was waiting for a phone call. I don't know if you saw that or not. Uh, but it was funny. Do you know who Warwick Davis is? No, I don't. Uh, so he played Wicket, uh, the Ewok, and he also was in the movie Willow. Oh, um, yes, okay. So he he had a little episode or a little TV show called Life's Too Short on HBO, which is very funny. He did that with Stephen Merchant and Ricky Gervais. It, it's it's seriously funny if you have HBO or if you can watch it on Amazon, uh, it's definitely worth your time. Um, but he he also last year at the celebration, or maybe it wasn't last year, maybe it was the year before. I can't remember when it was. It was your celebration or Star Wars weekends. Those are all running together now. Uh, Kathleen Kennedy, who is the leader of Lucasfilm right now, uh, he had her at an interview on a stage. And he said, hey, you know, is there is there any room for one more in the, in the cast? Kind of wink, wink, nudge, nudge type thing. And she says, oh, I don't know, maybe. And so he he made this little video. Evidently, he got the call. And, like, he was waiting by the phone for all this time for, for Kathleen to call. Uh, and he, he, you know, checks his book. And he's like, yep, I'll be available. Uh, and then he's like, yeah. It's it's definitely, if you, if you look online, uh, it's... Look up uh, Warwick Davis episode seven. You can probably find it. Uh, it's it's very very funny. Uh, but he says that there's going to be a new Star Wars poster coming soon. That he's seen it. So I'm I'm hoping that we'll see a poster uh, within the month actually, because we'll probably see it for sure by uh, uh, the end of February. But I would think that we would see it this month. Hopefully, if if it's already being talked about. Uh, he saw it. Anthony Daniels, who plays C-3PO, he said he's seen it. Um, and it looks, uh, or it sounds like it, it would just be a cool another piece of artwork. Uh, I've always liked the Star Wars posters. They usually have a couple that come out, um, or more than that, really. But uh, like a teaser set that'll come out, and then the official movie poster. Um, so this one, I doubt, would be the official movie poster. It would be more like the teaser poster. But still... Uh, Star Wars artwork is always a good thing, in my opinion. Well, absolutely. I mean, it, it like you said, it's, it's the year of Star Wars, and we're going to be clinging for any Star Wars information we can get this year. So a poster sounds great. Uh, I, I can't wait to see the movie uh, 
poster though, because I really, because I mean the first three films, those movie posters are iconic. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, everyone, even if you don't know what Star Wars is, you know those posters, like you've seen them. And I have a feeling that J.J. Abrams, um, he's gonna go back. He's gonna get that look, you know, that old school look um, for the mm-hmm. poster, because that's I think that's how he's filming this movie. So. I, I'm really excited to see that. I'm excited to see anything about Star Wars. This is getting ridiculous. Posters, you know, whatever. You can give me anything stupid. And uh, if a Star Wars branded this year, I'll probably want it. <laughs> you know, so I'm super excited about the movie, obviously. But you know what comes with the movie? Um, the awful video game adaption. <sighs> True. But <laughs> also <laughs> is the score. So John Williams is making a brand new score for this movie, and I cannot wait to just listen to the score. It's that's that's one of my favorite things to do. I have all of the uh, the albums from episodes one through six. Uh, the scores of them they're all really really good. John John Williams does great music for the Star Wars trilogy, um, and he's doing new music. He did a that the. Force Awakens teaser, the 88 second teaser, teaser. He actually scored new music for just for that trailer, um, and so he's a he's also scoring new music for the movie. Obviously, so I'm looking forward to that as much as uh, just seeing the movie again because the Star Wars music to me has always been really good. In fact, there's there's another podcast that I listen to um, that's called Rebel Force Radio, and monthly. They go through and look at the Star Wars music. They call it Star Wars Oxygen, uh, saying that John Williams gives oxygen to the Star Wars universe with the music and the themes, which, I mean, if you think about it, really, he does. Um, But just looking forward to the music that we get, looking forward to everything all about it, it's, it's so exciting to think that this year... We're going to see Star Wars. We're going to hear the soundtrack. We're going to see all the action figures and everything in the stores. I mean, we we got Celebrations uh, Anaheim this year, uh, which is the next Star Wars celebration. Like It's a convention for Star Wars fans, pretty much. That's going to be in Anaheim, California in April, I want to say. As of yet, I do not plan on going, but I still kind of want to. <laughs> Uh, it's just kind of difficult to get from central Illinois to Anaheim. But with the gas prices the way they are currently, it's more doable to, to kind of... Then it's like, okay, well, can I sacrifice two days, literally, of driving time? Yeah. If you drive straight from central Illinois to Anaheim, California, uh, that would be about 26 hours, maybe, straight through. Ooh. I think my math may be off a little yeah. bit, um, but it's it's either 22 or 26, but still it's it's a long time to drive. Yeah, that I that's something I would love to see. But yeah, I don't, I, I mean you're the bigger uh, Star Wars fan of two of us. I'm, but yeah, I don't think I could um, take away that much time. You know. Now, if it was only like a day away, maybe I would just drive down to see what it was all about. But um, yeah, I I don't know if I'll feel. I don't think I'll ever be able to make it up to something like that. Yeah. 
So, I don't know. Looking forward to, obviously, this is the year of Star Wars. Uh, looking forward to see how that all comes out. Yeah. But currently, focusing back on the here and now, you, you get it? It's a Star Wars reference. Um, <laughs> focusing back now is uh, uh, we have currently, right now, uh, another bit of news I wanted to touch on um, as far as sales go. Um, Xbox Live has con- been continuing with the sales uh, that have been just awesome, honestly. Um, and currently, right now, through the sixth of the year, uh, or sixth of the month, either way, we whichever way you want to look at it, uh, Xbox has got sales for a lot of the big games again. So Forza Horizon 2 that I was talking about earlier is on sale. Um, you can get the entire Telltale collection that's on the Xbox One. Uh, that's like Game of Thrones, The Walking Dead Seasons, The Wolf Among Us. And uh, Tales from the Borderlands, that's still 55 bucks. So definitely a huge, huge savings there. Um, and if you're a Madden fan, FIFA, those are still on sale. And Destiny, just to name a few of the stuff that's currently on sale. Definitely worth looking at. Um, I've actually considered getting the Sleeping Dogs Definitive Edition. Uh, even though it was a free game on Xbox uh, 360 a while back. I still have yet to play it, but I've heard good things, and I'm thinking, you know, if I play it, I might as well do the definitive edition just to play it, you know, with updated graphics and everything. Um, so, but that's a lot of cool stuff still on sale on the Xbox One side, Xbox 360 as well. There's a lot of classics on sale. Uh, you got Fable 3, Red Dead Redemption, uh, a lot of good things on that side as well. So, if you're if you have a 360 or an Xbox One. Um, definitely check out the sales that are available right now to you um, on those platforms. And Justin, I think on the PlayStation side, I, there's probably some sales going on there too, right? Yeah. Um, I think I think Xbox, were, were they originally planned last till the 6th? Yeah. Or did uh, they extend, or I, was that an extension? I think that they were originally planning on it because these sales have been in effect for... I think it was 15 days uh, before New Year's. Oh, okay. And then they recently announced that this select bunch of stuff is going to stay on sale through the 6th of the year. Okay. Yeah, because I, I know the PlayStation sale was supposed to end, I think, on the 1st. But they extended it because of the outage. And, um, yeah, there's, that's still going on, you know, up to the games at the 7% off and uh, not as you know. I wish I wish they had some of the sports games on sale. I would like to play some of those up the Madden's. Or, um, there's not a ton on there left. You know, it's Call of Duty, Battlefield on sale. Um, Alien Isolation, which I'm I'm almost thinking about getting there, but I don't do well with scary scary games. They uh, um usually just scare me too much. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe uh, Nidhogg that was another one. I like my fingers floating over the purchase button, but um, <laughs> from what I hear, it's a really good local multiplayer game. And I mean, it's the day of you know everyone stays at home now and just plays online. So I don't have a lot of people over to play uh, local locally. So I don't know if I'll be picking that up. But yeah. Still sales going on, really good deals for some of these games if you haven't gotten it. Ground Zeroes is still on sale. I highly suggest getting that. 
Mm-hmm. And um, there's some movies on sale and stuff like that too as well. Uh, I also want to talk about um, they finally came up with a solution or answer as to what they were going to do about the PlayStation outage. Um, mm-hmm. The PlayStation outage for, you know, went down on Christmas Day. And the problem is that they didn't come up as quickly as Xbox, and it made them look really bad. And I, I think it's, I mean, I, I was pretty upset by it. At some point during the week, I did want to play, and I couldn't, and it was very frustrating. But, um, so they are giving us five days of PlayStation Plus, just added to our account, and a 10% off coupon. Now, I don't know about you, but I think it's a pretty lame answer for... <laughs> I mean, in the past, they've done, like, games, and... I mean, 10% off, are you kidding me? Uh, yeah. So, uh, that's... Whatever. I guess they're giving us something, and... Yes, technically, they're just giving us back what we got taken away. You know, they're giving us the five days that were gone. So, yeah, it makes sense, but it's also... It doesn't send a... I don't think it sends a great message that they really know what a big screw-up that was. So, that's that. That's... uh, If you're on your PlayStation, um, look for... I think they'll be sending emails out or some some way of getting us those coupons or discount codes and uh you'll be getting uh five days plus so yeah that's it i mean it's a really light news week we're still it's holidays um week you know there's not a lot of news for as far as video games or um movie even movies you know it's january's not the funnest month for movies either so it's a pretty light week on news yeah so not a ton going on as far as the, as the news side of things, but what about uh, what about the mission that we had for this week? Absolutely, our entertaining thoughts. Well, we said it last week we were gonna watch Casino Royale, and uh, we both did. And I've got a lot to a lot to talk about this time around. I yes. I want to say, before we go any further, if you haven't seen the 2006 Casino Royale film, we will likely be talking detailed detailed plot and spoilers. So, if you haven't seen the 2006 film, Casino Royale, which has been out for for years now, I mean, come on, you should have seen it. So, if you haven't seen it, uh, you might want to stop here, because we'll be talking detailed plot and spoilers for the movie. Yeah, and if you haven't seen the 2006 film, Casino Royale, um, you might want to go crawl back in your hole or whatever it is that you were hiding for the last uh, you know, 10 years almost. So, <laughs> uh, no, we both watched this. It's This is the first film um, starring Daniel Craig as 007, James Bond. Mm-hmm. And this is actually the first movie, this is a good topic for me and you, because I'm not a big uh, James Bond fan, actually. Um, I am now, because of the Daniel Craig movies, but the Casino Royale is the first like real experience I had into 
the legacy of 007 because I I, I, mean, I know there's probably 30 something movies total spanning back to what the 60s or 70s uh it's the 60s yeah, yeah. um so there's a I mean a long uh, legacy of this you know franchise but this is the first movie I got into it and We'll, get, we'll start getting into some of the fun stuff of the story. Um, I mean, I think there's three things about James Bond that has to be in every movie. From what from what I know about James Bond, there's always girls, you know, pretty girls. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also uh, a really sweet car. Mm-hmm. I, I believe it's all it's always Aston Martin. Am I correct? Or does that change? Um. It hasn't always been Austin, Aston, Austin, whatever you say. I think it's Aston, uh, Aston Martin. But for a while, like when it was Brosnan, it was uh, BMWs oh, okay. uh, for some of his. So it's really just whoever sponsoring the movie at that time, probably. Pretty much, yeah. But um, I I think in all of the three Daniel Craig movies so far, I think it's uh, been Aston Martin. But um, and then there's uh, really awesome fight scenes. That's like he's. Yeah, and a and a villain. There's always an iconic villain in every Bond movie. I feel like. Mm-hmm. This movie, so, you know, I don't know if you've seen um uh, the last Brosnan movie before this, which was, uh, Die Another Day, I believe. I can't remember off the top of my head, but so going from that and then to this one, uh, it's 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 night and day difference in in the actual movie because. With the end of the Brosnan era, they were relying a lot more on special effects, CG animation, things like that. Um, but then you go to a Casino Royale, and there is very little. It's mostly practical effects. Like, the opening sequence, um, well, not the opening, but uh, after the opening, like the, the, the song, that when he's chasing the guy through the construction zone and everything, that is all practical. That's all... You know, there's no oh yeah, or very little CG Absolutely. in that in that yeah. whole scene. I, I think that's why I, you know, I first seen it, I loved it. You know, everything's very practical. It seems realistic. Because I, I mean, I, I haven't seen all of the older movies, but you know, everyone knows like you know, there's the the lasers and weird gadgets that he's always that 007 I think's always had, and mm-hmm. um, it might be because we are in the era. I think those always seem like uh, sci-fi tools or something, but a lot of those are real now, so it's not like as fun. So mm-hmm. now they're back to just raw uh, fighting and uh, facts, um, and I think it's a lot of fun. Um, yeah. The opening scene, the very beginning of this movie, is in black and white, mm-hmm. and I really wish they'd bring back that for some. Um, for some other movies, because I love that first fight scene where it's just black and white. It just seems like so like, gritty, and uh, I I wish they had risen that again. Uh huh. A lot more, like you said, gritty, more visceral. It it kind of stands out because of the way it's filmed, obviously, um, and just it's it's really well done. Like when I first watched, I forgot that the opening scene was in black and white, but it really just pronounces what's happening. Yeah, a lot of fun. And, um, well, 
I guess we'll start from the beginning of the movie because you got you know, this black and white scene and that's they they're introducing 007 as the character becoming 007. He's confirming his status uh, with the mm-hmm. beginning scene and him um, making his last kill or his last kill to become a second. yeah second kill to become a 007 and or a double agent. And then we go into um, him as a field agent. I just, mm-hmm. I, I mean, the whole movie and the, from the very beginning, he's so cool, calm, cool, collected. And for some reason, I felt like he's, um, like they Americanized him a little bit because he's like got that. What I, what I assume everyone thinks, you know, that American arrogance. You know, <laughs> the guy, you know, for that very first uh, chase scene. The guy takes off running, and he just watches him for like I don't know twenty seconds before he decides he's like like he just he knows he's gonna catch up to him, so he'll let him get a head start, you know mm-hmm. stuff like that. I I thought that was really interesting to pay attention to that. Well, Bond's always been more the arrogant type, um, and in that scene too, like when he actually gets through all that and gets into the embassy, he doesn't care about the cameras. I mean, he walks in there and he just you know he just ignores that there's cameras everywhere catching everything he's doing and just shooting up the whole place and trying to extradite a person totally illegally, by the way. <laughs> yeah. um, and he doesn't care that everybody's seeing him do it. He's just, it's his arrogance right there that, that it's really showing, you know, Yeah. that he's, he thinks he's Superman at this point and he later in the movie, he'll be humbled. Um, but at this point he thinks he can get away with whatever. Yeah. So, and then, um, a big, a big, uh, thing in this movie is it's based around a big poker game you know a lot a lot majority of the movie and um i think it's you know especially when you say that it came out in 2006 what a perfect movie to come out because i don't i mean i don't remember back in you know 2008 2006 i mean poker was a huge thing like phenomenon Mm -hmm. i mean it's still texas yeah it's still very popular but like during those early 2000s yeah it was Texas Hold'em was everywhere. It was, you know, front page ESPN and stuff. So I, I'm, I think it's really smart that they, you know, made this film based uh, around a card game as their first entry into the new, the new da- you know, the new 007. Mm-hmm. So and then, uh, you know, we're, truthfully, while we're, I think why we are going through these three movies because Spectre is coming out later. This year or next year? This year. This year. Wow, that's actually really exciting. Mm-hmm. And I know absolutely nothing about Spectre. I know I know that name holds some like gravitas with um, you know uh, fans of the series. I have no mm-hmm. idea what it means at all. But now knowing that I, you know that Spectre is some sort of organization or something, that's when I really realized going back to this movie. You know, there's one character in the movie that he shows up in throughout the entire movie, from beginning to very the last scene. Mr. White? Yes. And throughout the whole movie, he keeps saying, my organization, and there's no name given. So it makes me very curious what, who that, you know, I I can't remember what happens in the next film. Uh, We'll be watching that next week, but I'm really curious as to what, who his organization really is. Mhm. Yeah, it's it's a really cool seed plant, right? That guy, he's he's in this movie the in, uh, 
from the opening scene pretty much to the last scene, like you said. Um, and yeah, he references his organization later on. There's more elements of that that kind of pop up. Uh, so it's pretty cool to see that when you watch this movie and then next week when you watch Quantum, um, and then I, I don't know if – I can't remember if Skyfall has anything to do with it or not, but definitely <clears> – <throat> Spectre that's com- <coughs> excuse me that's coming out at the end of the year uh, will have a little bit uh, or a lot to do with that organization I'm sure, but with with this movie yeah poker was king at this time I mean it was everybody was playing Texas Hold'em uh, I remember when this movie actually released I was working at Best Buy and they had a special thing where if you bought it you got a free little poker chip that said 007 on one side Casino Royale on the other mm. um, it was pretty cool. So obviously, at the height of poker fever, this came out and capitalized on that. And the marketing obviously was there to kind of get the poker fans in too, as well as the Bond fans. Uh, even though, I mean, the the poker game itself in the the place is that they play poker is the namesake of the movie. Uh, Casino Royale is the the name of the uh, the establishment that they play the poker, the big poker game in. Um, so it's it's pretty cool to see uh, that they were able to incorporate that in with this movie and do it in a way that wasn't boring. You know, um, if you were bored to tears by the poker part, it, it would fail as a movie, right? Yeah. Uh, but it it doesn't. They break it up. They you know, I think there's a comment during the poker scene where they say, "Hey, we've been playing for four hours now. We're going to take a one hour break." And then during that break. Um, then Lashif is, you know, attacked by the, by the organization that he was funding. Um, and then Bond is attacked by that same organization. Uh, so he, Bond actually handles his business, whereas Lashif just cowers in the corner. (laughs) Um, and that, that whole, uh, little scene there too is, is a really reminiscent of the, uh, the opening sequence. So there was that stairway fight, Mm -hmm. uh, that was, that reminded me of that opening sequence just because it was quick. It was, you know, Bond fighting, taking off his jacket to protect himself from the sword uh, and just kind of trying to do things in close quarters and just make things work uh, in his situation on the stairwell, which is really cool. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think, like, throwing the action scene in the middle of a poker, you know, the poker game, you know, if you didn't like the poker scenes you get some action in between so you can, you know, get, get through it. Mm-hmm. So, but, and then, uh, another key moment for me that I, I think like I love is actually the, the torture scene later in the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, cause there's actually like some humor there, and even though it's a horrible situation. And, uh, I think it's the first time you see, you know, you see more humor out of James Bond and, I I always like that. Plus, you get another appearance by Mr. White, of course, in that same mm-hmm. scene, which is very interesting. But you know, before we even get to the casino, um, there was that whole bomb plot. So the the plot of what Lashif was doing was that he was betting that he bought all that stock, you know, against this airplane line. Yeah. Because the stock was lining or was rising on it, and so there was a line about the guy that's like, "Hey, this are you sure you want to do this? This this is not a good play." He's like, "Hey, do it anyway." So then there was a scene at the airport where this guy's trying to bomb this new plane that's taken off 
to tank that stock and to have his stock rise, that was the whole thing that was going to uh, Lashif's plan it was all hinging on that. And by the whole airport airport scene uh, with him running through, chasing after the guy, uh, and then going out there on the the tarmac, chasing him down on there too, is just that was really well done. I remember uh, listening to that for the first time uh, on like a surround sound system. That whole scene it sounded great because the sound design in this particular scene for sure with the jet engines uh the plane taking off and all the explosions was just really well done um i didn't listen to it in surround sound this last time i watched it but i should have because that's the one thing i remember about this scene is that the sound was just right on task yeah um it was really good like sound design i think we call it in this movie um and even some of the music um you know, really well played. And, uh, yeah, you actually just remind me, I mean, there's, I think it's another big thing about at least the Daniel Craig series of Bond movies is big set pieces, uh, different locations, and they're always, they're, there's a few really big um, sequences like this. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I got the airport scene, there's a scene in the hotel, um, and then the, another huge scene at the end of the movie in the building that's collapsing Mm -hmm. and that was incredible right that that whole the the building collapsing them inside the building everything happening right there and then the scene where you know when she's in the elevator thing and falls down and she's actually like drowning that's a really and credit eva green for that performance because she that looked real honestly you know yeah absolutely her her look on her face the look in her eyes at that moment when it looked like, you know, she finally lost all the air that she had yeah. and actually drowned. That was that was really well done acting on her part for sure. Yeah, it's a um yeah, and the whole they're, when they're fighting inside of the building. Yeah, I didn't realize until I was watching it this last time like how complicated that would have been that would have been to make because it or at least maybe the way they filmed it, because it always looks like they're at an angle and they're still fighting and uh, you know, Bond's actually getting one thing about this movie, he, he gets beat up pretty good. I mean, he, he gets the crap beat out of him a little bit, but he, you know, he always wins. So, I think that's another thing about uh, this new series or him, is he he takes a lot of punches, but he just hit that harder, I guess. Or he's, he mm-hmm. always seems to be the smarter fighter. Yeah. Um, May not be the strongest guy, but he knows how to use himself. Yeah, exactly. So, um, another thing I noticed is he has his shirt off like a lot of this movie. <laughs> I was watching, I was like, huh, he's got his shirt off again. Well, I guess I would too if I were him, but. <laughs> uh-huh. but Looks good in a tux and even not. Yeah, exactly. Which is, I think that's the double seven thing. Yeah, just looks good, you know, whatever he's doing. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he there's that one scene where uh, he, I mean, he looks like crap. He's uh, after he gets poisoned and he, he has to like defibrillate himself back to life. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, after he comes back to life, he I mean, he flatlines for like a couple seconds and comes back to life, and he acts like nothing just happened. He's like, oh, I, I gotta get back to my game. Yeah, and that whole scene, uh, that was a really good tension building scene. Because 
you know, it was right there. He pressed the button. Obviously, the the uh, the pad wasn't hooked up to that wire, but you know, he was waiting for him to press it, press it, couldn't press it. Yeah, that was it. Was a good tension moment. Yeah. So that was a lot of fun, and then so the overall arc of this movie is uh, you've got the sheep. He's, he seems to be the ultimate bad, other than this um, hidden organization that you don't know about. But, so you've got the sheep, and they're hunting him down, and, um, you know, they eventually get to him, and it seems like there's, you know, then we realize that there's another organization at hand. And, um, I realize, so, ultimately, you know, the sheep ends up dying, um, we don't, they, Jane Fonda doesn't solve anything in this movie. You know, at the end of the movie, you're still left with a big, uh, the same question they started with, really. So, yeah, he, James Bond, you know, tracks down Lashif and shuts him down by winning the poker match. But then after that, Lashif is going after him to try to get the money back, to try to save himself uh, against all the organizations that he was financing. Um, but then Mr. White comes in and actually saves Bond, you know, in a weird play of events. We don't really know why Mr. White saved Bond. Maybe to the fact that the reason is because Bond knew the password, you know, to transfer the money, which may be the only reason I could think that he saved him, uh, you know, and didn't shoot him too. Um, but yeah, that whole scene there with Lashif torturing him, that's just, that's gruesome for any guy to watch. I mean, come oh, on, that's... Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, that hurts every yeah, time. Yeah, exactly. We're all um, thanking, <laughs> thanking um, God for when we're watching the scene that we're, we're safe at home. That is, that's uh-huh. a hard scene to watch. Uh-huh. But, yeah, so that that's an interesting uh, torture tactic, I would say. But uh, after that, so then everything's all hunky-dory. He's rehabbed. Uh, he gets the message out to, you know, MI6 somehow that uh, the, the cop that they were working with was dirty. And so they get him taken care of. Um, and then he doesn't figure out, and I don't think, you know, nobody in the audience was keyed in at this point that Vesper was actually under the manipulation of this organization. Um, you know, because she, uh, it's spread out towards the end that she was in love with, like, a, a fiancé or something like that who had been kidnapped by the organization. And because of that, she was trying to work with them to get him back, but she likely knew that whatever she was going to do was going to you know, in her life anyway. Um, and that's why she left for Bond that last text message that said Mr. White and then the number to contact him at. So you could tell that she was like in one of those impossible situations trying to help the person that she loved but knows that she was doing things wrong but and knew that she was likely going to die by what she was doing but gave Bond what he needed to be able to track down who was responsible. Yeah. Um... That, actually, now you talk about you know their relationship, uh, Bond and uh, Vesper. Um, I think it's very interesting. This is like one of the other things I noticed. So they kind of set up in this movie for all future movies for Bond to be that cold um, character who just goes from woman to woman to woman. Because mm-hmm. you see him fall in love in this movie, and I always thought it was a little bit, you know the scenes of that seemed really like rushed. I'm sure it's because, you know, run a kind of film, but so he falls in love with her, and uh, she finds out, you know, she's kind of dumb a little bit, 
even though she, you know, like you said, she's stuck in a situation. But and then we see him lose her, and he, the very end of the movie, you know, he calls her, you know, a bitch, and he's very, very cold. And I think it's when you realize, okay, this is the cold. He's never gonna fall in love again. This is 007 moving forward. And that's why that's why you're never gonna see him fall in love with all these girls. He's gonna be with them. every other mm-hmm. every other movie. Yeah, this is the one that kind of breaks him of that, right? It makes him even more, you know, be able to be the the ladies' man, as it were, and not form those attachments because he did. And look where it got him. Yeah, know? exactly. Like he literally, he legitimately resigned. Yeah. He he sent the email to to M and said, hey. Effective now, I'm done. Yeah, exactly. But it and as M Judy Dench does a great job as M. I always enjoyed her. Uh, she was my favorite. You know, if you look at the the other M's in the past, she came on on Goldeneye as M, and she has always been a really, really good, powerful presence, and honestly, one of the best. Uh, people who could control Bond. She's always had Bond has the confidence, the overconfidence, really, the swagger. But she just has the presence and the command that, for to be someone who can actually control Bond or be Bond's superior, she pulls it off. Awesome. Oh yeah, I I do like her a lot. Yeah, um, I think it's interesting that she's like one of the only characters who, you know, same actors who moves from one series to the next. Mm-hmm. Um, but she's great, and I think just my overall impression of this movie—it's—it's it's obviously, I—I I th- I think I consider myself a Bond fan now because any Bond film going forward, I'm gonna go see, and this is that movie that got me into it, and so I mean, I, I like it a lot. I you know I since it came out, you know I was in high school at the time, and I think I've seen all the other films in theaters as they came out because. This first movie had such an impression on me. Mm-hmm. The first one I remember watching is Goldeneye. Um, I remember watching that uh, at my brother's house on VHS. You know, they, they rented it and we watched it. And that's that one made an impression on me like, because of that opening sequence uh, in Goldeneye uh, where he jumps off the dam uh, into the plane. I always, that, that was ingrained in my mind from that point on. Uh, and that particular scene i'm sure is what made me a bond fan from then then forward but definitely this movie because as you went through the brazen era it just kind of jumped the shark and just kind of going yeah whatever this is not believable but with the craig era beginning with casino royale they they make that impact they make it you know a more modern day more believable more raw uh understandable it's not all about the technology or the flashiness it's about storytelling and a lot more acting now yeah absolutely so i i am excited to watch um we're gonna watch quantum of souls in the next week and we're gonna talk about that next week and i think that's when we're gonna get into some fun discussions about what's what carries over from one movie to the next Mm -hmm. um because definitely these movies if you watch them back to back it makes i think from what i remember of quantum because i i haven't seen quantum in a long time uh, there is a a lot of connection between these two, so if you watch them back to back, it kind of enhances 
Quantum because on its own, I don't think Quantum was as strong as Casino. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I agree that I don't think it was it didn't have as big of an effect, but I know for sure that Quantum literally starts exactly where um, Casino take leaves off. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, I mean, even the poster uh, for that movie was the shot of Bond at the last last scene uh, of the Casino. Casino, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so I'm 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 actually really excited to get watching that, and uh, we'll have our opinions on that movie next week. Yeah, well, this has been a fun discussion. I think, uh, I mean, once we go through these Bond films, obviously getting ready for Spectre, uh, maybe we can go through another uh, another set of movies um, if if people like this. Yeah, absolutely. Um, please tell us if this is a fun segment or a dumb one. <laughs> we don't know. Mm-hmm. We're entertained by everything, yeah. so. Exactly. Maybe you want us to talk about all the all the stupid stuff in. Uh, uh, in the movie rather than all the plot points, whatever. I mean, it'd be interesting to kind of see what you think of it and if you think that this is something that you'd like to see continue. Absolutely. All right. I think that does it for us this week. Um, so like we said, next week we're going to be watching Quantum of Solace. So uh, we want to thank everyone for listening. Uh, you can contact us at entertain- uh, we are on Twitter at entertainingpod. Um, you can also email us at that's entertaining at gmail.com. Um, we also we have an RSS feed um, for if you're still looking for ways to get this podcast. Um, you if you go to our website, um, that's entertaining.net, mm-hmm. and uh, you'll you can scroll over our podcast there, find the feed. Um, I've actually. I've got working. Uh, I've got downcast on my iOS, and it syncs up perfectly with that. So, and you can find us on iTunes, of course. Please rate us. Any if, you're on, if you find us on Stitcher or iTunes, please rate us, review us, uh, be kind, please. But we we love to hear feedback and know how good or bad we're doing and how we can be better. Bes- mm-hmm. Besides my obvious audio issues. <laughs> it's it's always growing great right? this is our third podcast and if you are listening definitely thank you for doing so but uh reach out to us we we would love to hear uh from you um what you think of the show if you have any questions if you have anything that we can uh you know cover on the show we'd love to hear it um what your thoughts are on james bond if you disagree with a point that we brought out you know um, or if you think that retro gaming on the Nintendo 64 is not retro gaming, and I should stop saying that Nintendo 64 is retro because <laughs> it hasn't hit that barrier yet. Any comments that you have, you know, feel, feel free. If you think we talk about Star Wars too much because I'm a huge Star Wars fan, <laughs> uh, you could you, you say that too. It won't hurt my feelings, I understand. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we, we just want to you know hear from you guys, and it's easy. You can reach out to us with 140 characters uh, if you tweet at entertaining pod or you can tweet myself uh at sith nightmare and justin i know you're on twitter too yep you can find me at jpicky86 jpicky86 and i would also love to hear back back from you guys yeah so we want to make sure that this is uh very reachable so you guys can have a part in the show every week uh we'd love to incorporate maybe a question segment or just a comment section at the end uh so if you guys have any comments, any questions, any feedback whatsoever, uh, please let us know.
Absolutely. Comment, comment us, uh, respond to us, rate us, everything. We'll, we'll interact with you um, to any of our listeners. Yep. And I think that'll about do it for this week. Uh, for That's Entertaining, uh, I have been Nathan. And I have been Justin. And we are out. See you guys. <laughs>